Welcome to Coach My Wellness, a weekly show dedicated to bringing you information about healthy habits and behaviors just for the health of it. Here's your hosts, Joanne and Tammy. Welcome to Coach My Wellness, just for the health of it, with Joanne Orshan and Tammy St. Clair. Good morning, everyone. We've been talking about, in the last few episodes, getting motivated and and making that decision. And how do you make that decision to finally lose weight and get healthier? And so today we're going to go through a few little things to kind of help keep you on track or things that you can start doing that will help get you back on track when you start along the way and start feeling like, uh, I don't know here. So, well, look, motivation is easy at first because everyone's excited at starting something new. You have all the hopes in the world to make these change. And that's all awesome. But holding on to that may be a little bit challenging for some of you out there. But you have to really understand that all of that is normal, that you're not the only one that feels that way with apprehension, with a little bit of excitement, with a little bit of concern, with a little bit of fear. I I hear that Mm -hmm. a lot. And there are some days where motivation is at an all-time high, and then there are other days where not so much. Right. And sometimes it, it, you know, when we start this, we have these unrealistic expectations. We've been talking about that a little bit. And, you know, trying to keep our expectations in order, realizing that one to two pounds a week is a great weight loss. And I know that we start out in our first week, we lose five, six, seven pounds. And in the back of our mind, we kind of know that a lot of that is water. And a lot of that is just the shift in going from our usual eating habits to better, more organized, more structured ones. But then we get discouraged when we don't see these big drops in weight because doing this is hard work and it takes time. So motivation comes easier when you're determined for making a change, but you have to have your reasons for wanting to lose the weight. What are your motivating factors for getting more fit, getting healthier? And it is important for you to understand your why, no matter how small that it is. And it could even be anything from, I want to look better for an event that I have coming up. It's summertime. I want to feel lighter and better in my clothing or less clothing throughout the summer. (laughs) Um, Improving your blood sugar or maybe lowering cholesterol. Or how about reducing joint pain? Look, I've been through this journey, as have you, and I can tell you that throughout the process, there are many times that require constant recharges of motivation. And I did this the old-fashioned way. Hey, I did this through a really focused weight management eating program and exercise. And it took me almost a year to lose the 65 pounds that I needed to lose. And for some, that might seem like a really long time. And as you said, understanding that the reason it's been sustainable is because I was losing about one to two pounds a week. And in that year, you learned new habits that that also helped to make it sustainable. And it's keeping 
a supportive environment because you learn throughout that year how to set up your house, how to have your family be supportive of you, how to go out to restaurants and order what you needed and how to counteract or counterbalance when your friends would say, oh, it's it's the weekend. Don't worry. Have that dessert. Have that glass of wine. And you learned how to say, nope, that's okay. I'm good. I don't need that. Or if you decided to have that, then you had a game plan on how to counterbalance it the next day and not letting that be like the starting line for the slide downhill. Look, going through this journey is not easy. And we talked the other day about picking your heart. And for many of you, it might seem as though you think that you're doing everything right. You really, I can't tell you how many times I have clients come to me and say, I eat really well and I exercise and I'm not losing any weight. And then we really break it down and we go through, what what are you really doing? Are you really fueling body or are you putting yourself in starvation mode so that you're storing fat? I know that you've talked about maybe working out four to five times this week, but when I look at your journal, I see that perhaps you've gone to the gym or you rode your bike once. So keep in mind, as you said before, that a healthy weight loss will be between one and two pounds a week. And about 3,500 calories burned means one pound lost. So if you break that down over a period of time, if you reduce your caloric intake by, say, 500 calories a day, a day, what would Mm -hmm. that mean? And that might seem like, wow, that's a lot of calories. But even though we don't really talk much about calories in the programs that we support, what we do talk about is that 500 calorie a day deficit. So if I'm going to be exercising today and I get on my bike, I know that I'm burning at least 300 caloric calories while I'm riding my bike. So that means I have 200 left to go. So how about instead of having that sandwich for lunch that I have a really big salad or I take my turkey breast and I wrap it in lettuce leaves Mm -hmm. and I make lettuce wrap sandwiches and now I've just eliminated those two slices of bread and guess what? Today, I've reduced my caloric intake by 500 calories. Right. And we often think when we're in the midst of this that you go, 500 calories, Mm, that sounds kind of hard. But sometimes that just means that you're not having one of the snacks that you have. Maybe you're a person that, you know, grabs the bag of pretzels or has some nuts (laughs) Or something. <laughs> when when you're hungry. Abby's right? laughing because my little dog <laughs> is here rolling and snorting and, and snoring. Hey guys, this is what happens when we work at home. When you what work can at I home? tell you? I have my dogs with me all the time and one of them is just getting a little feisty right about now. Oh well, yesterday. Hey, was mommy, my take dog. me out, take me out. <laughs> Yesterday was my dog doing it. So, you know, we, we, we work with what we've got, man. Sorry to interrupt you. Go ahead, Tim. Um, so, you know, that 500 calories in a week, that's your one pound. And yes, we all look at how much exercise can we do to burn that off. But that deficit is most likely going to come by what is not going in our mouth. 
And the best way to really identify that, we talked about this on our last episode, was journaling mm-hmm. and a lot of the resistance that people have. And as a coach, it is crucial for me to be able to look at what my clients are doing because it honestly is really not so hard to be able to look at what someone is intaking, as you said, forgetting about the exercise for a moment, to just look at the, you know, again, the low low glycemic impact eating, the quality and the quantity of the foods and how it affects Mm -hmm. our blood sugar levels and what we're putting into our body. And to take a look at what someone is really ingesting to say, hmm, you know, what do you think would be a good way to tweak what it is that you are currently putting into your body in order to achieve your goals? So I, as a coach, and I'm sure you also, Tammy, we don't say, well, cut out the bread or cut out this snack or cut out that. It's up to our clients to be able to identify the areas of their meal plan as far as where they, number one, think there's excess and where they can reduce things a little bit, where it aligns with what their goals are and what you want to do for you. You know, we don't say don't eat this, don't eat that. Right. But it's really putting you in charge and empowering you to make the choices that best suit your life and your lifestyle. We can help guide you on what is the better choice, but we can also say, hey, here's the trade-offs. You can choose this other thing. And I think what happens is people don't realize how quickly 500 calories goes in. And the thing that most people do and can easily change to eliminate that 500 calories a day starts with what they drink because liquid calories are usually uncounted, not taken into consideration because we're thirsty. And when I'm thirsty, I just drink whatever. A lot of people drink juice. They drink, you know, they have a protein shake, but they have two of them in a day. And so there's like lots of things going in that they don't realize. And and that's like you said, where the journaling helps because we can we can look at that and say, oh, well, here, try this protein shake instead. Do this instead and drink water. And if you need if you're the person like me, I don't like plain water a whole lot. So I've learned all different ways to put stuff in my water so that it's water, but it's water with a slice of orange. It's water with a slice of lime. It's water with a slice of lemon. And so all of those things, they all add up. But realize that it's hard work and for what seems like slow results. It's like, man, I'm putting a lot of effort and energy into this and I'm not really going anywhere. Or how about, you know, you haven't exercised regularly in years and all of a sudden you get an injury what happens then do you just give up the whole thing that you're trying to do and change and and stuff or do you make concessions and figure out okay maybe I have to see get physical therapy maybe I have to uh, figure out a different way to do some exercise while I'm on this journey Absolutely. And another thing that I hear a lot about, especially when someone is first starting, is they can't get a handle on the cravings that they have. And Mm. I want everyone out there to know that even the healthiest people out there 
at times will have cravings. And when those cravings strike, you just want to be mindful of what it is that you're craving and the amount that you're craving for. So this week I had a client who was talking about French fries. She is addicted to French fries. I can't explain it. She can't (laughs) explain it. And we had a whole conversation about that. So one of my suggestions that she was really comfortable with was in talking about the French fries, I said, well, what if you were to buy your potatoes, sweet potatoes, better than white potatoes, uh, as far as getting nutrients into your body that aren't going to be as uh, against your (laughs) game plan as you want them to be. I'm trying to say it in a nice way. But anyway, I suggested getting an air fryer or Mm -hmm. using her air fryer or making them at home so she could modify it and control what is going into that recipe instead of going to a restaurant where they're double fried in Mm -hmm. who knows what kind of oil that has trans fats and has a lot of other things in it that make them so incredibly delicious. And I can tell you my air fryer is one of my absolute favorite appliances that I have in my kitchen. Mm-hmm. And you can just spritz a little bit of olive oil, maybe throw, you know, a little bit of Parmesan cheese and a little bit of seasoning onto those raw potatoes and put it in your air fryer. And they are fantastic when they come out. If that's something that you're craving for. Now, I have no interest personally in French fries. That's not what does it for me. But there are many things that I utilize that particular appliance for because I know that I'm still having what I want. I'm satisfying that craving, but it's a much better choice. Mm -hmm. And like for me, I'd be wondering, so what's going on in your life that French fries, which are comfort foods, that that's what you're after? You know, it's how we approach the same problem or the same issue differently, I'd be like, oh, so a lot of stress going on? What's happening? When did you remember French fries were like the big rescue thing? What kind of significance do they have? So we have to look at all kinds of different things when we're craving something because cravings are both physical and emotional. And so we we will turn to those foods that bring us comfort or bring us back to a memory of something that's safe, where we felt the most loved, where we felt the most in control. And so I'm always looking for what else is going on in your life? What else is happening that French fries have become the big thing? Like mine is always, I know that I'm reacting poorly to something when all I want is ice cream. Because when I don't want ice cream, when I want ice cream, I know that my stress level is high and it's my way of escaping. So that's another reason why having the journal is so important because then you can also see what emotions are going on at the same time, how you're feeling. Are you feeling overwhelmed? All of that stuff. So the next thing that we often hear is, oh, but healthy food is so expensive. Really? Because your trip to McDonald's just cost you $15. And I think you can get better things for that same $15 or less. I mean, did you ever think that, I don't know, I never thought that going to McDonald's was going to cost me $15 for a sandwich, a fry, and, you know, maybe a, 
an apple pie and soda. And all of a sudden, that's what it's costing these days. And yet we still hear people say, oh, it's really expensive. It's really expensive. Well, maybe, but maybe not. Maybe it's not as expensive as you think it is. I'm laughing because I had a client this week complain about that she had a daughter with some friends over and the kids wanted a pizza. So she ordered pizza and a big bottle of her soda. And so she said, guess how much it cost? And I said, 40 bucks. She was like, oh my gosh, how did you know that? How can it possibly be that I spent $40 on a pizza and a thing of soda? You know, she was blown away. Mm -hmm. And thinking back to that, what else could perhaps she have gotten for those kids that the kids would have really loved? That could have been maybe a better choice for the kids, but also a tad less expensive. And yet, Tammy, there is there is some truth to part of that. Uh, I know many years ago when I would have clients talk about or you'd see these ads in the paper where you could go and you could buy five hamburgers at McDonald's for a dollar. Mm-hmm. But you would go into the market and if you want a good head of lettuce, that same head of lettuce was two seventy nine. Mm-hmm. Well, why can I get five hamburgers, but I can't get a head of lettuce? Right. And I think about it in a different way. I think about... Well, eating all of that stuff, I know that I'm not going to be feeling so well after I put all that garbage into my body. Mm -hmm. I'm saying McDonald's hamburgers are garbage, by the way. I have to preface that by saying that. I don't want to get in trouble here. I'm just talking about, you know, any food that's really very fatty, red meat, going into your body on a consistent basis. Things down the road, whether it's putting on weight, we've talked about diabetes, we've talked about different health states. When you think about all of the challenges that one might have in poor health states and the amount of money that is spent on medical care in order to Mm -hmm. help ourselves, to me, spending the extra dollar on the romaine lettuce instead of the burger and then maybe getting some fresh you know, poultry or tofu or something, you know, beans to put with my salad. I mean, what is going to benefit you in the long run and what will truly cost you less? Mm -hmm. Is your health worth it? There are ways to search out getting great produce. And one of those ways, by the way, and I know this because it's all over the place now, those open air markets outside Mm -hmm. that during the week that you could go to a farmer's market in your neighborhood, check those things out. Number one, you're helping your community, but you're also being able to get truly like farm to table food without all of the preservatives on there. I know I'm jumping all over the place, but you know, this is such an important topic in my mind as far as people. And maybe we can actually, I'll leave this for now, Tammy, and we can perhaps come back and do an episode on, you know, tips and tricks for people to be able to find good quality food at affordable prices. Yeah, I think that's a good show topic for another time. You know, and we what we have to do in there is also include because there's going to be someone who says, oh, that's all well and good, but I'm in my office or I'm working all day and I can't get to a market and I can't get to the gym. I can't I can't get here. And sometimes I'm like, well, we make priority. We make space. We make time. We make money. We make all these things for what we really want to do. So. If you Look, know, we'll find the market, <laughs> we'll find the market on the Saturday or the Sunday. We'll find the if we don't have 
truly any time during our work week, we'll find the market at lunchtime that is near our work where we can, you know, run out and get that. We'll, you know, we'll do all of these things when it's something that we really want to do. So it's often about also, you know, going back to the why. Why are you doing this? Why are you taking the time to make your health better? Look, if, if losing weight and getting fit is one of your goals, one of your top goals, and what it is that you'd like to do to set out to accomplish, then then you have to just find the time. And that comes down to scheduling and coordinating your day to include that working out time. I consider that and I call it a non-negotiable. So if I'm going to exercise, it's in my calendar. There isn't anything that I do that's not in my calendar. But that's me. I have a client that doesn't have a calendar at all. I said, well, how do you know what you're supposed to do? I don't know what commitments you have. She said, well, I have my notebooks and I write everything down. Well, that works for her. That doesn't work for me. I, I need to have one thing that I can look at so that organize my day. And look, Life gets in the way. I say this all the time. And with the best of intentions at times, there are some things that just don't happen. And by the way, it's not only my getting to the gym or it's not only my taking the walk today. Sometimes there are other things that fall out because something else takes up more space. Mm -hmm. And so it's sometimes it's you mentioned this a couple of episodes ago about stacking. So while you're doing one thing, you're also doing another. So maybe you couldn't get out for the walk that you need today, but you're on your way to the grocery store because you, you know, you had to go to the grocery store. Park at the farthest side of the parking lot so that you get in some extra walking. If you have a home with stairs, do 10 rounds on the stairs. You don't have to leave your house. And if that means, okay, these are the 10 things that need to go upstairs, instead of taking them all in one trip, I'm going to make the 10 trips so that you get your steps, you get that extra movement in. And, you know, while you're cooking, do some like toe lifts or squats, things like that. And then really kind of pay attention. How many times are you putting stuff in your mouth that you're just not paying attention to? That's just being honest with yourself about it. (laughs) Right. Well, you know, that's why when we're sitting there at night and we have the entire bag of chips in front of us, we're like, oh, how did the whole bag of chips get gone? You know, where did it go? I don't know. Well, it went into your mouth. That's where it went. So paying attention, being mindful of what you're eating, when you're eating it, if you have problems with volume at that and mindless eating, doing little tips and tricks to keep it in mind. So one thing in that mindless eating part that I'll tell my clients is when you get home, if chips are your thing and you had to buy that big bag first, I would say buy the little individual bags. If that's not possible, then when you get home, make Ziploc bags of your chips and then put them all back in the bag so that you're not seeing them. But when you're like, oh, I just want this or I just want that, you're pulling out 
the little Ziploc bag with one serving in. So you don't have to think about it when you're sitting on the couch eating your chips or whatever you're doing because you know I get one bag. That's one serving and that's it because that's easy to count. So what you're talking about is, again, coming, and we speak about this all the time, is mindfulness. And just to clarify that mindfulness is the psychological process of being fully present in the moment. And when we're being mindful, we're not caught up in our thoughts about the past, the future, or reacting to things that are happening around us. What we do is become fully aware of what we are directly experiencing in the moment through our senses and our state of mind through our thoughts and feelings. And it's important to just kind of sometimes, as we've said, just, you know, stop and smell the roses, just take a Mm. breath and be aware of what's in front of us, what we are going to be ingesting, what we're putting in our mouths, the smell of the food, the texture of the food, what it is that we're doing, and of course, the abundance of the food. Mm -hmm. And realizing that you may have eaten that whole bag of chips, and you still couldn't tell me what they taste like. Ah, right. Right. And that's where mindfulness comes in because, you know, you just said something. What does it smell like? What does it feel like? That's what also helps to satisfy our other senses and keep us engaged with what we're doing. So I don't know about you, but before I had my surgery, I could blow through a bag of Doritos while watching, you know, Thursday night must-see TV back in the day and be like, oh, wait, I just bought those. Where? How are they all gone? Because we have to consider, am I eating this because I'm hungry and now I'm mindlessly eating? So in order to make myself not be hungry and to sit in front of the TV, oh, yeah, maybe I should fill my hunger first. And then if I want any kind of extra snack thing like that. So it just becomes being conscious of what you're doing. And make sure that if you have the misconception about living to eat, you know, that you're able to begin to realize that our bodies are designed to eat in order to live. We can be the biggest foodie out there. And that's okay when you're mindfully eating whatever you've got, because then you're truly enjoying it. You're not eating it just to pass the time or to get to the next activity. It's really important. So what we've been talking about where we started out today was about motivation and how to keep the motivation up. And What we've been talking about in the first half of our episodes today are some of the obstacles that you might be facing as you are getting ready to get started. So again, the importance of mindfulness in this journey is really crucial to your weight loss or health journey success. And that's why mindfulness is essential in knowing how to get motivated. So we're going to come back for part two in just a moment. Stay tuned and we are going to really get into more ways that you can help to motivate yourself to get on your own health and wellness journey. Be right back. You've been listening to Coach My Wellness. For more information about healthy habits and behaviors, visit our website at coachmywellness.com. 
and follow us on Instagram at coachmywellness underscore CMW for weekly live streams Thursday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern. We hope to see you there. Coach My Wellness, a weekly show dedicated to bringing you information about healthy habits and behaviors just for the health of it. Here's your hosts, Joanne and Tammy. Welcome back to Coach My Wellness, just for the health of it. Your hosts, Joanne and Tammy. So we left off in our prior episode talking about some of the challenges and struggles that one might have as far as motivating themselves in order to lose weight and or to get healthier, to get more fit. And now let's talk about some inspiration to help our listeners out there motivate themselves in order to get on their own journey. So we often hear this question and we we keep coming back to it. And one of the first foundational things is to love and appreciate your body or what it can do and that it allows you to be who you are because that way you can appreciate what you're able to accomplish and do in a day. Like one of our previous segments, you said you remind yourself that your body is the vessel that allowed you to have your kids. And I think that for mothers, that's great. For people like me who don't have kids, I have to find something else. And so it's kind of figuring out what is that thing that my body allows me to be, to do. And so for me, it's I get to be my dog mom. I get to, you know, support people and love on them. And without my body, then none of that's possible because then I'm only taking care of mitigating symptoms of disease if I'm not taking care of my body. Look, and also the appreciation for your body works to improve your body image. And when you have a greater sense of feeling better about yourself and have more of that pep in your step, that's a really great way to continue the motivation process. Well, and you know, there's there's such a a distorted thought process around body image out there. Like how many people do you know that really are so incredibly self-critical about, "Oh, that extra pudge. Oh, that little bit of this. Oh, my nose is not right. Oh, my eyes are too far apart or whatever." There's no perfect being out there. And I know that we all see these magazine covers or we see Hollywood actors and actresses. Instagram, my gosh. Right. And the thing is, is that you have to realize that none of that is reality, right? Having done and been featured in some magazines and stuff after I lost weight, I know what it took 
when I did the Oprah magazine spread. And damn, I looked fabulous. But I also know what it took. You can look fabulous when you've got six people working on you. When I did the 10 Years Younger segment, it's really easy to look fabulous when you have a stylist, a hairdresser, a colorist, a makeup artist, all of them working on you and making sure that everything is just in the right place. Is that how I would normally dress? No. Did I learn things about how to be? Yes. So it's kind of realizing that everything that we see is so much a mirage and learning that my body, no matter its flaws, is still perfect for me. Because I can guarantee you that all of those people that are held up as the standard of beauty, if you ask them, oh, you have the most fabulous body, you are the most beautiful person, they could rattle off 10 things to you that they find wrong with themselves. And you'd look at them like, are you kidding me? You're beautiful, you're handsome, you're this, you're that. So it's really people coming into a realization about body image that there is no perfection, no matter what media tells us, no matter what the magazines tell us, and that working on loving who they are. And I'll ha- often have my clients, you're going to find this very funny, get a full-length mirror get somewhere, whether it's at home. And a lot of people don't have full-length mirrors at home because they don't want to see their body. They only have mirrors that go from their, their shoulders up so that they can make sure that their hair is in place or their makeup's on, whatever. <laughs> okay. But I'll, be, I'll challenge them to find a full-length mirror and get naked in front of it. Because you have to be able to look at who you are honestly and see where you're at so that you can figure out where to go. Because this is the only body you get. We don't get a second body to, you know, go into one of those science fiction pods and create on the computer the body that we want. So developing love and appreciation for what you have is a big thing. Absolutely. And uh, that was pretty powerful as far as checking out your body, you know, whether you're standing up or whether you're sitting naked in front of a full length mirror and seeing all the rolls come down, you know, Mm -hmm. people do that. And it's loving your body, loving where it's at, accepting your body and knowing that you just want it to get into a better health state. So as we've been talking about earlier today, and I think that this is so much the key to success, I go back to mindfulness because being mindful ensures that you're aware of your why and the reasons that you've started this journey for yourself. And if whatever it takes to keep you motivated, to keep you on track, to make sure that you're dedicated to making good choices that support your goals. And that mindfulness also helps you keep aware throughout the process of everything from who you're spending your time with in those social settings, uh, what social media you're watching and observing. And in order to keep in check with your process and progress, again, progress, not perfection. Mm -hmm. And learning that being committed and it's not going to be perfect. And your motivation's going to fall off a little bit after you've started. 
And it will especially suffer if you're not committed to making the goal that you set up, which is why it's really important that you have reasonable goals. So if you need to lose 100 pounds, it's not, oh, I'm going to do this in the next, you know, six months. It's like, you know what? I'll take my clients through five pounds at a time. If we've got 100 pounds to lose, we'll eventually get there. But five pounds at a time. Let's let's work on that. And that way you're constantly meeting those smaller goals, which helps you to be committed to the bigger goal. Right. Those are the things that go into those smart goals. When we talked about a few episodes ago about, you know, taking that big one, breaking it down into these smaller attainable ones in a more reasonable fashion. Look, when I first started my own weight management journey, I did this with a group of my friends with a coach, which is what you and I do. And the coach was an important part of helping to keep us motivated, keeping us in check. And it was so important. But of course, doing this with my other fluffy friends was, (laughs) you know, really pivotal in our success. It was great having a buddy system and also having my coach that inspired me and believed in me and really boosted my motivation, especially when I was having some challenges. And I'm laughing because I was going to go talk about getting a dog and how that's going to increase. (laughs) And here my dog is listening to me shaking his collar. I don't know what's going on this morning. Like, mom, come on, let's go. Let's go. Getting, getting you motivated. Exactly. Because animals do help to motivate. I know that you can really talk to that one. Oh, yes. So mine, she's an older dog. So we go much slower than we used to. But man, you let a squirrel come around and she's dragging me down the street. But you know, knowing that you've got to get up and get out and the dog needs to be walked and kind of right now it's these hundred degree days that everyone across the U.S. is suffering with. So you're kind of out as little as possible, but it's figuring out different times of day to go out and take her out because, you know, you still have to get out. You still have to take her for a walk. And so so getting an animal to help motivate you is a big, huge thing. Something that you said when you were talking about having a mentor and accountability partner, I just wanted to go back to a little bit because a coach will help cut through the unhelpful chatter in your head, which is why it's important. You know, that's why it's important to have that. Then having goals that you've set and knowing in remembering and keeping your why in front of your face. You know, are the goals realistic? Right. And your coach can help you set those and make sure that they're realistic. And yes, you want to shoot for the stars and you might land on the moon, but you have to know that that's actually something that's possible. Like before Orville and Wilbur Wright coming up with the concepts of flight, the thought of getting to the moon was, not even a possibility. So it's like you have to like make sure that things are in order. And of course, pacing yourself. When I ride my Peloton bike, one of the instructors, she always talks about how weight loss, it's not like Amazon Prime. (laughs) Not coming off in two days. It'll be here tomorrow. Right, exactly. You know, look, the weight loss journey and health improvement, it's a lifestyle transformation journey. It just doesn't happen in a couple of days. 
Although I can tell you that once you flip that switch and you get started within a few days, a lot of the cravings do disappear mm -hmm. and the mindset starts to change and then you're feeling better and it just keeps building on itself in order to keep you constantly moving forward instead of backtracking. Right. It's sort of like that, that old adage about a journey of a thousand miles starts with the first step. And that's how all of this works. Keeping your mind on the today, what's happening right now, keeping that pace and knowing that every day builds on itself. And so keeping all of that together, knowing that I don't have to think about six months down the road. I just have to think about today, getting through oh. today. Right. And that's focusing on the journey, not the end goal. Again, you know, the end goal is what you want for your outcome. That's the bigger picture, but it's all of those daily steps that we need to do and behavioral changes in order to achieve that end goal. So if you don't do all of those other steps, the end goal just keeps getting farther and farther away. So if, for example, you're trying to lose 50 pounds, 20 pounds, whatever it is, Focusing on that number might motivate you when you first get started, but honestly, when you think about how long it might take to get there, mm -hmm. you might get overwhelmed just over the thought of the length of time and not be as motivated to focus on your goals. Right. If you're losing one to two pounds a week and you think, oh, 50 weeks to lose 50 pounds, that's basically a whole year. And you think, ah, oh, I can't do that. Well. That's what it takes. And the year is going to come, whether you think it's long or not. It's right. It's coming around. So, <laughs> you know, we're recording and I just mentioned to you, there's an event I go to in the summer. And when the year started, it was like, oh, it's months away. It's months away. It's months away. And now it's this upcoming weekend. And it's like, oh, my gosh, how did it get here so soon? I'm not prepared for this. And you're right. I often hear you say that. The time is going to go. The days are going to go no matter what. The question is, how are you going to motivate yourself to follow your goals to get there? Because the time is going to go. Everybody is individual. And we talk about the bio individuality, meaning that you know your body better than I do. You've lived with your body your entire life where I have not. You know it's truly going to work for you or what isn't. And everyone has a different reason for wanting to go on their journey. Again, whether it's to lose weight, to get healthier, or to do both. And one plan does not work for anyone. So building your own plan and one that you can fit into your everyday lifestyle is what we do when we work with our clients to help them to come up with an action plan that will be doable for them. And again, mindfulness is key here, and that will be the catalyst to keep you motivated. And if you're mindful every day, as a day, and not as a week, not as a month, right. not as a year, then it will help to make things just seem more doable. So again, we talked about earlier, perhaps, you know, the 500 calorie day deficit in a week for that one pound, keeping a food journal to keep track of everything. You've this talked, one is my favorite. Is I know, I know you talk planet. about this all the time. 
because it's an easy way to limit your portions and not realize it. And Can not... you share, share again what that thing is? So it's having a smaller plate, you know, as time has gone on and restaurants and chefs have become celebrities in and of themselves and having the desire to showcase their art, that French movement years ago about the big plate with the little tiny bites of things on. So you had a lot of white space. Well, people adopted the big plate, but instead of having those little tiny bites of things, they began to fill the plate with a lot of food to cover the plate. And so what happens is we normally do that. So I challenge all of my clients to eat off of, if they don't want to get a new set of plates, which most people don't, I'll challenge them to eat off of their, the saucer, or the bread plate, the, the little, the salad plate out of their set. And you can fill it if you want twice, three times, but that becomes your plate and all of the regular size dinner plates become like those serving plates. You know, when you put the food on the table, instead of using big platters, use the regular size plates. And you'd be surprised at just making that change because it also slows you down and allows you to really consider, oh, I just had a plate of food. Well, it's a smaller plate. Well, okay. And then we work on, do I really, am I really still hungry? And figuring that out. And you'd be surprised at how many people just in making that shift from a 12 inch plate or a 14 inch plate down to a 10 inch or an eight inch plate. So your eyes, because we eat with our eyes as much as we eat with our other senses, your eyes will see a full plate. You'll be like, oh, this is this is not bad. I can eat all of this. And if you get a little bit extra, you get a little bit extra, but you're not having two 14 inch plates of food. You're having two eight inch plates of food. Great suggestion, Tammy. We've also talked about reducing sugar intake, and that could be as simple as considering what you're having in your snacks mm -hmm. and perhaps unhealthy snacks. And by the way, or your coffee from Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts, or, you know, look, everyone talks about eating fruits and vegetables. I had a client who we were talking one day about him making a protein shake. And in his protein shake, he put the equivalent of 10 pieces of fruit into his shake. Wow. And I said, well, that's kind of like sneaking sugar in the back door. I mean, even though it's natural sugar, that's a lot of sugar going into a shake. So just be aware of what it is that you're truly putting into you into your food. Mm -hmm. Also keeping away from those deep fried foods. And that's why I love my air fryer because that gives me some of the flavor and feelings, but in a much healthier way to eat them. But and I have to, I was just going to say, you know, considering your client who was putting all of the fruits into his protein shake, it's much better to eat them because I'm sure he would not eat 10 pieces of fruit in the morning for breakfast or whenever he made his protein shake for where when he disguised them and put them into his drink that they disappeared. But if we were to say, oh, okay, now here, go eat your 10 pieces of fruit that you just put in, put in your thing. It's like, I can't eat all of that. Well, well, you just did. You drank it. Right. And so sometimes we have to really be mindful of 
the sugar and the calories sneaking in by what we drink. I know I mentioned this before, but mm-hmm. drinking our calories is a huge problem, especially now with Jamba Juice and Starbucks specialty this and Dunkin' Donuts specialty that and all the little coffee shops trying to keep up with the big name places. Everybody has these fancy, fancy drinks that are nothing but sugar and drinking that. Like I had a client who couldn't figure out, you know, nothing's changed about my my daily routine, but I've gained 10 pounds and they had moved and they were stopping at a new place to get their morning coffees. And so we started to talk about that and it, and she realized that, Oh, you know, I've started to stop at this place and I would normally get a small coffee specialty drink. And now I'm getting the medium and the medium. Yeah. It's been about a month and a half that I've been two months that I've been doing that. And Oh, maybe that's what's contributing to the scale going up. And it's little things like that, that having a a mentor, having a coach, but paying attention to because liquids are the easiest way that sugar sneaks into our diet. Yeah, you just use the word scale. And I did a whole series on scale addicts. Mm. To the point where I had a client tell me that she would wake up in the middle of the night, go to the bathroom, weigh herself. That's how obsessed she was with, you know, the scale. So remember, the scale, it's just a reflection of a number. To me, it's just the measurement of if I'm moving closer to my goals or further away from my goals. And there are other things that can come into consideration that have nothing to do with necessarily how much I'm eating. It could be that I went out to dinner last night and you don't really know what is being put into your food, how much Mm -hmm. salt is in there, how much water you're retaining. And I have clients that do two things. Someone, none ever weigh themselves. You know, they just know Mm -hmm. that their clothes are their scale, which I love that. But There are other people that weigh themselves every single day. And I've always said that when you do that, I know that it's either setting you up for a good day or a really crappy day. There are very few people that don't let that number on the scale affect them. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that I suggest at times is that if you weigh yourself once a week and you keep track of the progress, that's pretty much all you really need to have. Right. Because remember, your weight on the scale is one point of data in one moment of time. But there's a whole lot more that goes into like, you're not going to create a computer program with one point of data. Ask anybody who does statistics, they're not looking at just one point of data. And so when you're only focused on the number on the scale, you're not considering, oh, but I went down a size, the scale didn't move, but I went down a size in jeans in the last few weeks, but the scale hasn't moved. Well, Well, that's why measurements are so important. And that's exactly right. And when we eat a lifestyle low glycemic impact eating, which is what I follow personally, that really targets body composition. It targets the fat loss, not the Mm -hmm. muscle loss. And so when someone says to me, oh, well, I've been working out a lot and, you know, I'm gaining muscle and that's why I'm putting weight on. Well, the truth is this. The truth is it's just like when we had kids and you would say, which weighs more, a pound of feathers or a pound of lead? 
they're both weigh a pound. It's just one is bigger volume than the other, right? A pound of lead is going to fit in the palm of my hand where a pound of feathers is going to be like these big, huge garbage bags full in order to, to make a pound. That's right. So in thinking about that, that as we are toning up and we are getting our bodies into better shape and we're reducing fat, we might stay the same weight, Mm -hmm, but but our size is going to change, but our size will change. And that's something that a lot of people don't, you know, take into consideration. And of course, We've talked about this so much, Tammy, about celebrating your goals, rewarding yourself, sharing your success with your social environment when you feel confident enough and ready to to do so. But celebrate those successes. It's really a cool thing. And celebrate them without food. I think so many times we hear celebration and celebration automatically makes us think of food. So it's kind of sitting in a time where you can be quiet and think about what other things can I do to celebrate? So maybe it's a new nail polish color for a guy. Maybe it's a new tie. Maybe it's a new belt or a new pair of shoes or something like that. So coming up with those things that are not food related that, and a lot of this stuff, you know, people are going to say, oh, well, I know that. Well, I know that. Well, I know that. Well, I know that. Well, why aren't you implementing it then? Right. If you know all of these things, What's stopping you from implementing? Oh, I don't know. That's why, you know, we need to know about motivation. Well, then part of it is that utilizing these tools, you have not figured out yet how much different your life would be minus that 20 pounds, 50 pounds, 100 pounds, whatever. And so you haven't kept your why in front of your face. Well, also keeping in mind that habits that we have generally take 21 days to break a habit, mm-hmm. 30 days perhaps to create a habit. So if you're finding yourself without motivation after being very motivated when you get started, it's important to do a couple of things. One is going back to your why. Why did you start? What was the purpose? What was your goal? Perhaps reset your goal. Maybe your initial goal was a little too aggressive for you. And that's why it's okay to adjust And do what works for you. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that we have uh, many menu plans that we work with based on what it is that someone is looking to achieve. And one might be better for you at a certain period of time that are, you know, not working for you now. So, for example, when I go away on vacation, that I have a menu plan that I follow that's a little bit more forgiving, which will still keep me on track because I don't go away on my vacations expecting to lose weight. For me, maintaining my weight when I go on a vacation mm-hmm. is a loss. Right, <laughs> so, exactly. you know, so again, you know, considering being with an accountability partner or having us coach you or finding someone to be a mentor for you. Find out if working out is the problem. Is it boring? Do you not want to do it alone? Have you considered other options such as a group class? You know, that goes back to being around more like-minded people who are sharing your journey with you. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, motivational messages. There are so many apps that are on the web right now. One that I love, it's called I Am. And on my phone all day long, I have affirmations popping up on my phone. And, you know, some might think it's annoying, but I just kind of look at it and pass it along. But I know I'm feeding positive messaging into my brain. And that in the long run will help to keep me motivated on track. And of course, 
stop comparing yourself to other. Oh, people. compare tinnitus again. Yeah. Stop comparing yourself to, to other people because your journey is not their journey and their journey is not your journey. And we so struggle with realizing that our journeys are individual to us. That's the hard part. We so want to be part of the group, but being part of the group doesn't work in weight loss, doesn't work in lifestyle change because the group can be doing something and you need the group to support you, but the individual changes that you need to make are different than the changes that someone else needs to make. So one of the other things that I always encourage my clients to do is, you know, we were, we talked about other ways to measure weight loss without the scale, you know, keeping those genes that weren't fitting and now they are, but also taking a picture of yourself every week or every month, depending on how much weight you have to lose to keep a visual progress card, because it's sort of like when your child is growing up, you don't notice the changes in their growth until they go away to grandma's for the weekend or for the week, or they go away to summer camp and they come back and you're like, oh my God, you grew five inches. You, your face has changed so much. And sort of the same with us. We don't realize the changes that we're making. And the last thing to, to use music as a way to motivate you. I don't know about you, but when I'm like, I don't feel like moving. I don't feel like doing this, but I'll go through my Apple music and be put on like, oh, here's this pre-made playlist of music that gets you moving. And then I walk down the street. It's so funny. I'm in Manhattan. So people think you're crazy anyway. Right. I have my <laughs> ear pods in. I have the dog and I'm walking down the street singing and dancing and and all of this stuff. And people look at you and they're like, oh, I think you're a little bit off the wall there. And it's like, but hey, it's Manhattan. It's, I'm just enjoying the ability to move my body. And some days it's easier than others, but it's using whatever I can to make sure that I get my movement in. Look, the bottom line is this, that I know for both of us, it took a fair amount of time in order to achieve the weight loss that we have, and we're both in a much better health state for that. And we have worked very hard to sustain that weight, especially as we're aging and metabolism slows down. So we are here as coaches to help you. And again, we can give you all the information in the world. It's really up to you whether you choose to follow them or not for your lifestyle. And mindfulness and lifestyle transformations are key for keeping it off. Your journey will make you strong, educate, and transform you. And that's what it's all about. So the motivation must come from within. Find your why. Hang on to it. Be patient. Love yourself. And in the end, you'll find success in your journey. Mm -hmm. We're so happy to have been here with you today. Thank you for joining us on Coach My Wellness, Just for the Health of It. Every Thursday evening at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we are on our Instagram live at coachmywellness underscore CMW. Also, please come to our website at coachmywellness.com. Subscribe to our newsletter to get more updated information from us on a monthly basis. And of course, every Sunday on 360 Talk Radio for Women, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Coast Time. Your coaches, Joanne and Tammy, are here to help to support you and be your partner on your journey. So hope to see you next week or talk to you next week. <laughs> we'll see you then. Bye. Bye. 
You've been listening to Coach My Wellness. For more information about healthy habits and behaviors, visit our website at coachmywellness.com and follow us on Instagram at coachmywellness underscore CMW for weekly live streams Thursday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern. We hope to see you there.